Portions of this show have been pre-recorded. Uh, yeah. It's a podcast rebroadcast. All of it is pre-recorded. You big dummy. WBHF. Stand by to receive our transmission. Oh, yeah. This is one of those, this is one of those mornings where I got up, you know, the alarm went off. I got up, got ready. Uh, my cup of coffee and my donut this morning. I felt like a, I felt like a, a cop, <laughs> like in the corner. Get me a cup of coffee and a nice glazed donut, which are my favorite ones, by the way. I mean, you can stuff jelly into donuts or put sprinkles on them, or, or I, I've even had a donut with fruity pebbles on it, or 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 Fruit Loops or something. I've had just about every kind of donut in the world that you can have, and I don't know why I got started talking about donuts because I had one for breakfast. That's why. And still, to this day, and I don't eat donuts a lot either, by the way. They're, they weigh pretty heavy, and they're pretty pretty filling, if you know what I mean. But my favorite kind of donut is just the glazed, warm donut. with just It's just it's just a regular donut with that glaze on it, and it's just a little warm, just fresh out of the, uh, just freshly baked. And that's my favorite donut of all kind. I don't get bit real busy with my donuts. But this is that morning where I had my donut, my cup of coffee, and I'm cruising to the studio this morning, heading down the road. It's just a little foggy this morning. But I was able to roll both windows down and let the cool air just f- and just turn the vent on the car. You know how you turn your AC off and just use the outside air only with nothing conditioned, no air conditioning coming in, and just have that outside air coming in and my two windows rolled down? It's the old way. My dad say, my dad used to say, hey, your, your car's got an air conditioner in it. I'm like, what do you mean, Dad? My car doesn't have one. It's the first car I ever owned. I don't have an AC in my car. This is 1983. What are you talking about? He's like, you have a 260 air conditioner. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. Two windows down at 60 miles an hour. So sometimes that's the only air conditioner you have when you don't have one. Well, I was able to use the 260 air conditioner this morning coming in to the studio. It was very mild this morning. I don't know where you are, but where we are here in the southeast in Georgia, very mild. I think next week, as uh, as the time of this radio show going on, next week is going to be mild. And the first hints of fall is creeping in. You know, today is September the 10th, and we'll do a little on this day in history later on in the in the show today and we'll do that but knowing that it's september 10th as of the uh, recording of this show or the, the performance of this show here at wbhf september we're well into september and fall is kind of creeping in one of our two one of alan sanders and i's two favorite um seasons fall and spring and you'd, you'd agree with that because fall i think you like fall better than spring fall, right absolutely so my fall and spring Two favorite seasons because they're not they're mild. Both of them are very mild, mm-hmm. and that you can do things really without I've, any. I've said up this before. If it's just weather, absolutely, those are my top two. The only reason I put winter as my second is only because every one of my favorite holidays takes place in the winter, because we go from the fall yeah. we get to Halloween, and also you don't you're not sweltingly burning up right. with sweat. It's almost like we've New talked Year's. about this before, but not here on this show. Almost. It feels somewhat. Sometimes, <laughs> a little, little back a little deja vu. behind the scenes radio talk here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that means there's a fault in the matrix. Remember, that's what happens that's if, right. deja vu, if you feel a deja vu. Oh, no, the entrance is um, gone. When we do, be, when, when we come on the air with BK on the air, and this is for the podcasters, listeners, too, 
I, I go on the last part of Alan's show. Alan has a show here at WBHF called Waking Up with Alan in the Morning. He he He's before my show, and I, I join him for the last 30 minutes of his show. So some of the stuff we talk about, it's the mind mill. We cross over into my show, and it, and it feels like we've talked about it before because we have. Right. But the people listening to this show don't know that unless they were listening to your show. Does that make sense? Did yes, I Did I clearly sense. explain that? You've done a good job with that, actually. Thank goodness. I don't hear By that. By the way, is that, is that your one you get to do for the day? I don't hear that very often. <laughs> you're, you're done. Did I do good? Everything from this point I forward. Did good. Good. Bobo. <laughs> good. So, uh, so, yeah, it was a great drive in this morning with that oh. mild temperature. I know it's going to get up into what, the 80s today for about us? About 75 but, here. Or 75. Okay, good. I don't That's know. even less. It, the, the, the most important thing for folks who listen to this <laughs> and, they, and they care about Northwest Georgia weather. Yeah. We don't care where you live. Starting Monday evening. Yeah, I talked about that before you came in here. Oh. Next week. It's going to be the little, oh. the little. It's like a preview of coming attractions. This preview is a fall. You know, when That's I was a kid growing like. up, my mom. I don't know how she grew up. It was windows are always closed, doors are always closed. You ran your AC. If it was hot, yeah, that's what we well, had you know, too. Just yeah. year round, you ran your heat. Oh, or your really? AC. No, we didn't do that. For me, learning that you could have that period of that seasonal time shift where you could open your windows and turn your AC off. Oh yeah. Save on your electricity bill and get it nice and crisp and fresh. Yeah. That smell you co- have you ever had that? Like you wake up that morning, and it's like just a little too cool, yeah. but it wakes you up and it just smells so good in your house. Let's, let's like, you let's you live. My house a, has been aired out near a factory or a pulp well, plant yeah, or right, a you're landfill. Right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You might right. get a little of that coming I, in I too. I guess it's not so universal. It's not always good. <laughs> hey, I tried that opening the window, but you know the and, sewers right here. <laughs> And years ago, and years ago, stinking. Years ago, I rented a, a house uh, that ha- that had a powerful attic fan. Oh, Remember those? Fan. Remember those? It was Whoa. usually in the hallway, and there's this big giant square in your ceiling. And when you turned it on, the vents would open, and mm-hmm. that attic fan would come on. That attic fan in that home that I rented was so powerful. You could kind of sit there when you turned it on. You're like the furniture's moving toward the hallway. <laughs> it's, it's all a being pulled suction in. Thing. But it felt great though when the windows are open in the fall and you turn that attic fan on. It felt like an AC unit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it worked wonders. It was yeah. great. You have one of those over exuberant builders. It's like you've opened the portal to Poltergeist <laughs> like, and you're waiting for the throw in the other ball. Like, but only when I say so. To? Only when I say no, Stephen, <laughs> don't pull. I, mean, I, went, I went out and looked in the mailbox, and the attic fan was on. I'm like, the house is is lifting. It's lifting off the foundation just a little bit. It's like on, a helicopter. And the mailbox is actually leaning like, toward the house. You see leaves coming through. They're coming off the trees. Right. And the attic fan was making that noise that NASA just released of the black holes. Like, <laughs> the Dude, ominous noise. We didn't have anything hole. like that growing up north. In our house, the house that my mom still lives in, yeah. had the, the whole house attic fan. And during this time of year, when you could have it drop down... <laughs> You cracked those windows, and you just kicked the whole house fan, yeah. and you just felt a breeze from oh, yeah. every room being drawn through. Now, that actually was always now fun. the other the other side of the coin existed because when we grew up uh, after mom and dad divorced, you know my mom was single mom raising both of us. We she didn't always have a, a lot of money. In other words, she was very you know lean on the on the on the income and what we could do. So we, there's a couple of times growing up in Georgia. Where the humidity is, you know, two hundred and ten percent, and it's hot. We didn't have AC in a in a house or two that we we had 
lived in growing up because she just couldn't afford it. Or maybe mom, she goes, listen, I'm buying a window unit, but a window unit only cools maybe two rooms or a certain square footage of the thing. It's not going to cool the entire house. So at the time, my mom worked at night, so she had to sleep during the day, so the AC was in her room because she had to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Well, we did. You know, summer times growing up, some couple of houses I lived in, the windows were up, but the fans were put in the window to to help help draw in. But mostly all they would do is pull in hot air. But at least... Here's what here's how that works. Even if air is moving and it's hot, it's still better with no air moving at all. Even yes. if you're blown with warm air in the summertime, something about having a breeze it helps you. dry up your sweat or something on you because it helps you just. A I gotta bit, say, you so. know, we love sitting on the back deck, and sometimes when it was just a little hot, we brought a little oscillating fan out there just yeah. to make it a little more tolerable. Yeah, I would try to do that, but I I wound up always turning the oscillator off and just making it blow on me only. Just you <laughs> like, only. I don't like it when it turns away from me. I always want it on me. I was a little selfish as a kid. It's on the air. Do you mind hanging back? You're jamming my frequencies. And now, these messages. Play to win. You never lose. And seven up is the one you choose. It's a natural kind of taste. Nothing else comes here. Seven up, cool as your thirst. Seven up, the difference is clear. That's what only it can do. Nothing else comes near. It's a clean, refreshing taste. Seven up, the difference is clear. Seven up, cools you. Oh my gosh, here they come. Give me a cert. I just gave you one. Well, sure, but it's gone. Certs keeps on working even after the candy's gone. Well, how can I be sure? Just take the Certs breath test. Breathe in. Feel a cool, clean taste? Uh-huh. That tells you Certs with retin is still at work keeping your breath fresh. It's still working. Why? <laughs> certs, two mints in one. It keeps on working even after the candy's gone. fellow classic TV fans, Walt Disney's The Mickey Mouse Club ran on ABC from 1955 to 59. The director, Sidney Miller, claimed to be relieved by the fact that the Mouseketeers were normal kids. He was clearly referring to their attitudes as these kids were anything but normal when it came to talent. The daily after-school broadcasts developed a huge and devoted following, thus making the young Mouseketeers bona fide child stars. Numerous Mouseketeers continued their television work in the years to come. For example, the Emmy-nominated co-star of The Rifleman, Johnny Crawford. Also, there was Don Grady, who landed the role of Robbie on My Three Sons. There was Paul Peterson, who played Jeff on The Donna Reed Show, and fellow club member Sherry Alberoni guest-starred on Donna Reed and later appeared in The Man from U.N.C.L.E. and The Monkees. Of course, Bobby Burgess landed his steady dance gig on The Lawrence Welk Show. But then, there was the Mouseketeer, who, with her cohort, Frankie Avalon, went into beach blanket movie immortality, the iconic Annette Funicello. For BK on the air, this is Pat McCormick from the Golden Rage of TV.
I meant to ask you. Oh, did you hear this? Let me get. Let me talk about this because I did. Wow, I didn't even. I didn't even tease it, so I can just get it out of the way. And, I, and I, when I say get it out of the way, I don't mean it's in the way and I hate it. I mean I just want to satisfy it, you know, so I remember that I Check that I was going to talk about it. Yeah, Nicholas Meyer, the director of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan and Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country, director. He announced just yesterday, I think, that there's going to be a new uh, fiction podcast done kind of like a radio play an original drama podcast mm-hmm. called con city alpha five this is city alpha five they're going really? to work on yeah which is going to be con on city alpha five and how they lived in their trials and their tribulations and their challenges and stuff it's going to be a live podcast type like radio like play radio show. theater yeah on a podcast i'm like that might if it's well written and if he's involved it might be pretty good that's that's pretty cool. It's interesting, and you know, I, I think it's funny. Well, it? I think he's. It's funny how he switched gears because even like two two years ago, I started hearing rumors about either a streaming series or a movie that he was going to be involved in called Khan the Eugenics Wars that were going to show you what happened with Khan back on Earth in Australia, how he came to power and then fled Earth in the Botany Bay, and it was a prequel Star Trek show. And I guess, I don't know if that's now off the table or they're just doing this to kind of test and see if there's that interest and maybe they'll do it after this podcast. I don't know. You'd have to find a really good actor to be a young Ricardo. Wouldn't you, though? But you know what? I, I know who could be a good Khan and Ricardo Montalban. I can't remember the actor name but he played the uh, the guy he was i think he was in kong versus godzilla or was it the king of uh, godzilla king of the monsters he was the he was the scientist guy that wanted to to uh, weaponize everything and i can't remember the guy's name but when he was on screen and talking i'm like man he would be a great he's a, he's like ricardo montabon he could play con i don't know if he's too old to play a young con maybe mm. he is but i said if they wanted to do an update of con again i'd watch this guy as Khan in a, in, a, in a New York minute. If Who's he was, the actor if that's he was playing born. Cassian Andor in the Andor series? I know who you're talking about. The, he could uh, probably do he it. He could do it. He's kind, of, he's kind of a, he's not a very big intimidating guy. But then again, he's an actor. Maybe he can do that because he's Yeah, but if you think about when we first met Khan in Space Seed. Right. He has that look. Because let's face it, he Ricardo does have Montemont a look, yeah. was, was smaller, not quite as working out as he had been when he became the older Khan. He did, they didn't emphasize his chest as much, I don't think, as as they did in, let's say, Wrath of Khan. And let's let's where all, a lot of people thought that was prosthetic, and it wasn't. No, everybody's like that was Ricardo Montalban's chest in the Wrath like, of Khan. Welcome to fantasy. That he was he was showing. <laughs> I will show you your fantasies come <laughs> now true. He, now he might have been working out a little bit before the movie. That's true, but he's uh, to, to be that have those pecs. He's like, <laughs> like I, I, that. I can see Ricardo like, come on in. We're, we don't be. We're not shooting principal photography for another six months. Here's a picture of what your costume's gonna look like. Deep V neck like this. <laughs> right. It's going to show my right. belly button. I'm gonna right. hit the gym. <laughs> 
maybe it's it's this guy. The actor is uh, Damien Bichir, B I C H I R. I think that's the guy that's that from was the in Kong and- Godzilla vs Kong. He was he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Should we get it out of the way now? <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead. I saw Thor: Love and Thunder back when it came out. I talked about it a little bit on the air when it came out. The the, the one of the latest Marvel movies. And you were that right. You told me you go. If I felt this way, you're gonna hate it. Yeah, and you said boy, that your exact I was words. Right. I was right. Hate I, is not a strong I enough word. I didn't like it that much, and oh, we're going to come up on a break. We have to go after we flash the audience, but real quick, we might we'll visit it again in the in the next uh, when we come back. You didn't like it very much, did you? <laughs> but no. you, you streamed it. You didn't see it in the theater. You watched it on Disney Plus. So it was. We don't have enough time to get into it right now. We know you didn't like it. So I'd let's rather get into be it. told that I have to clean up my dog's mess with my bare hands. <laughs> Because you can wash your hands after you're right. done, right? And I feel good about my dog, and I'm feeling like I'm doing something good for my you'd dog. You'd wear used underwear from the thrift store before you'd go back and see it again. I put it on you? my head because we we talked about that before watching week. this again. <laughs> we did. I don't know if I'd go that far. Nope. But yeah, that's 100. That's uh, pretty cool. In fact, so. it doesn't even have oh, to be washed. It's BK on there. We'll be back. There's a maniac who seeks to end us all. I'm putting together the greatest team ever. Are you packed? Girlfriend Jane. Valkyrie. This is the best day of my life! Guardians. And giant goats! Look at those! They are wonderful! Yes, they are. They also scream quite a lot. We'll return after these messages. The 1979 Cordoba. Perhaps its essential luxury can be known only by driving it. For this is a liberation, a new freedom, a most rare experience. As you turn and climb, there is a feeling of continuous achievement. Cordoba. Classic styling, uncompromised comfort. Cordoba, the contemporary classic from Chrysler. criminal in the galaxy is on the loose. He wants to kill me. And the battle lines are drawn. There he is. William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and Ricardo Montalban. Star Trek II. Identify for retina scan. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air. 
We're here having a wonderful time treading lightly and carefully through the technical difficulties that we have. But you know what? Like the uh, like Mike Garcia, like the India, like the technical difficulties, like the Indian chief in Outlaw Josie Wales. We will endeavor to persevere, (laughs) like we Uh. always do. Hey, it's that wonderful fun time that I like to gather a lot of weird stories off the internet that, that, that I know that they really happen and compile them into one big list and call it when we we flash the audience. The news flashes. We flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And look at this. I have the first news. From UPI, scientists in Japan are tapping into solar power power to harness cockroaches and their ability to access hard-to-reach areas for environmental monitoring as well as search and rescue in the event of a natural disaster, a new study says. Huh? It lost me when the solar cyborg and cockroach study published Monday in the journal NPC Flexible Electronics outlines how researchers at Riken Research Institute, that's RR. RI, if you want to, if you're into acronyms, they were able to engineer a small solar-powered backpack to remotely steer the legs of cockroaches. They're basically taking them over and using them as tools. The backpacks tapped into the nervous system of Madagascar hissing cockroaches, giving research. I guess it's because of the biggest ones, uh-huh. giving researchers the ability to move the robotic roach. In certain directions, with the press of a wireless button. While this is not a new idea, it's new to me, I never heard of it, it's the first time researchers have used solar power instead of a battery that would eventually run out. The backpacks also had a power output of about 50 times higher than previous devices. That makes sense, because if you've got a battery that's small enough to fit on a cockroach, it's got to be pretty weak. It won't hold a lot of charge, maybe. I don't know if it's off-site or on the the thing itself. Now, a a 2015 study at Texas A&M used a battery powered backpack that allowed researchers to successfully steer cockroaches to the left and to the right about 60% of the time back in 2015. So they're on their way to taking full control of these cockroaches to help them uh, be a tool in doing different things. So instead of Ant-Man, we're going to have Roachman. Roachman. And then they're going to unionize and they're going to complain. And Cheech and Chong show up and, and the wrong kind of roach. And we're <laughs> Wrong kind of roach, man. Oh, man. man. And if they only had that during the cockroach uh segment of creep show you know when at the the last story in creep show with the cockroaches they're creeping up on those you. are the smaller ones Version. the madagascar if, ones are really if big only but, they could oh, just but it control starts them. there you know yeah it, it'll, it'll spread it'll, it'll spread it'll spread i just think it's Ugh. as weird as that sounds i think it sounds kind of cool that we're able to do something like that with technology we really are. If only they would invent a backpack like that for your teenage kids, where you're like, I don't like what they're doing. I feel <laughs> like gonna Jeff make Goldblum them should wanna... be here, though, and go, yeah, but you, you, you spend so much time trying to figure out if you could, you, you never <laughs> yeah. stopped asking if you should. I'm going to make my kid make his bed. Watch this. You take these little joysticks. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Mom took over again. Unfolding clothes. I don't want to empty my trash can. No, this is not a dictatorship. <laughs> yes, it is in my house. He, my dad doesn't like the guy I'm dating. Oh, no. I don't want to slap him. <laughs> he made me slap him. A, you've got your old Atari 2600 joystick. <laughs> it's the joystick that you use. or two of them. Like a, like a tank game or something. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, that would be great. Too horrible. But, you know, but then again, again. It's going to grow. Well, as long as it's me controlling them, it's fine. Wives would hook it up to their husbands. That's the problem. That's the problem. Or husbands would hook it up to their wives. you got a big problem oh. there. Big problem. Because, hey, you can say what you want about anything. It's like, oh, that, that's that's the, the Internet's horrible because the social media is terrible and there's porn and stuff. I'm like, that's because it went that route if you choose to do that. There is a lot of good. Even the first 
telephone that was in existence, there was going to be that one guy to make the obscene phone call. He ruined it and started doing that. There's always <laughs> one person's going to use it for something bad. Hey, is it, you got air in there? No. How do you breathe? But I'm bunch. Prince Albert in a can? Yeah. Well, let him out. He's going to suffocate. Uh, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> yeah. Better go out and get it. Well, those are just pranks, not the. <sighs> oh yeah, heavy breathing. <sighs> How about <sighs> high anxiety? <laughs> Right, Mel Brooks. Mad- Madeline Kahn, halfway through, she's like, so what are you wearing? <laughs> she gets into it. She gets into it. Hey, I'm saying right. phone calls can be fun if you want them to be. I've got the next news. Wow, the, the squirrels are on hyper treadmill today. And aren't there different levels of, of obscenity? It doesn't always have to be that. It could be like, uh, hey, I think we should let George Lucas direct all the new Star Wars movies. That's an obscene phone call. That's that was obscene, obscene what you just said. No, I'm kidding. I like George Full Lucas. Full of obscene material. I have a more respect for George after watching Industrial. I do, too. Uh, light, the Light and Magic show. I, do too. I really, really appreciate the guy. So, <laughs> all right. From UPI, a Minnesota teenager broke his own Guinness World Record when his mouth... Excuse me. When his mouth gape was measured at 4.014 inches, Isaac Johnson originally set the record at the age of 14 in 2019 with his mouth gape measuring 3.67 inches. Johnson's record was broken later the same year when Philip Angus of Pennsylvania opened his mouth 3.75 inches. Johnson reclaimed the record in 2020 when his gape was measured at 4 inches and he broke his own record this year on the set of Low Show Die record in Milan, Italy when adjudicators measured it at exactly 4.014 inches. And I saw a picture of this guy and it's it's just unusually scary looking big. Because someone tells him, hey buddy, you got a big mouth he's like yes yes i do it's like uh, the scene when emotep <laughs> opens his mouth and yes, inhales in the mummy <laughs> in the mummy which is, which is really disturbing looking when that effect happens i, I think that's very uh, that's very weird I, some people have big mouths but not for that reason I yeah i get called a big mouth a but that's generally something other than that's right. the size of I, I my the gape next news <laughs> if only it were just that I could put more barbecue in my mouth if I was eating. That's true. Another UPI. A Belgian resort broke a Guinness world record, another record, when 298 people did cannonball dives into an Olympic-sized swimming pool at the same time. Wow. Guinness World Record said each participant had to follow proper cannonball form, which features the diver raising their knees up to their chest. We know how to do a cannonball. And keeping their hands clasped around their knees until they hit the water. The attempt was witnessed by two Guinness uh, judges to ensure proper form was followed. Guinness World Record said a total of 345 people took the simultaneous plunge into the pool. But only 298 of those followed proper cannonball form and were counted for the record. The participants all cannonballed at once, so that means, of course, the pool was empty after the event because they blew all the water out of it. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Oh, we'll fill the pool back up. How do you... Because I know it's an Olympic pool, but did you have people on platforms above the pool so they could cannonball mm, and, into the and, middle? And did you hit anybody in by mistake? Yeah, what happened? That's always the danger, too. What's the record of people getting hurt doing a cannonball dive into a pool to get a world record record? Right. What's the record <laughs> for the most that injuries too. <laughs> trying to break a record? Yeah, that's that's fun. All right. I've got the last news. I don't think I cannonballed a lot, but for some reason I, I belly flopped, and that's just painful sometimes to do. Uh, uh, that That's the worst. When you think you've <laughs> rotated enough and realize, I no, I'm not. This is going to be bad. And it's worse and at a public pool. And you know it's going to happen yes. just before it does. It's worse at a public pool and not when you're just at the 
river because the right. public pool you got 50 people watching you do it it's like oh that's terrible Sorry. <laughs> or oh, i over rotated <laughs> i lost my trunks oh no oh no <laughs> no why does it feel so light and breezy? It's terrible. Stop it. An Idaho man earned an unusual and messy Guinness World Record by using his armpits to pop more than two dozen water balloons <laughs> in a minute. Another record. And it's this guy again. David Rush. Yes, him, him again. Yeah. Who has broken nearly 250 Guinness World Records to promote STEM education, said he first attempted the water balloon popping record in 2019. But his run of 25 balloons popped failed to beat the record of 16 because several were disqualified for various violations of the guidelines. Rush said he decided his latest attempt might be more successful in a new position, so he tried it while hanging <laughs> upside down. Right. And it's always nice to do the, the armpit. Squirt noises when your armpit's wet because it's like, <laughs> oh, it works a lot better. I love that. This is the radio get when you hear this show. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. They call me Yuckma because I don't brush. Oh, I like my teeth like this. They call me Yuckma. No, I won't brush. How's about a little kiss? I got roast beef in my teeth, got some chicken too. Ouch! That's a cavity. Hey, that's new. Well, if you don't brush your teeth, then get you too. Can be a yuck mouth. Don't be a yuck mouth. Another nutritional message from the ABC Television Network. Yuck! Morning's kilns, cornflakes, time on farms and cities too. Everybody loves them, cause here is what they do. They put the milk on Kellogg's cornflakes and beat them all up. The taste is good and pure and simple. Beat them all up, they use banana. Peaches, any fruit will do. There's eight essential vitamins, eat them all. Hey, that's right. Did you have you know, still like cornflakes? I like cornflakes. I mean, when you sprinkle a little bit of uh, when you sprinkle a little bit of sugar on cornflakes, they're awesome. Doesn't that make them frosted flakes? Yes, I think I think basically frosted flakes are cornflakes with with their own processed, I guess, sugar on them or whatnot. But you know, you make it yourself and it floats to the bottom of the bowl. I played that because Philip Nito from Fox News has got this story right here. Are, are cornflakes good for you? The history of the popular Kellogg's breakfast cereal. Now, Alan, you like just cornflakes? I love as a cornflakes. Standby. My I, dad I turned me on to cornflakes. I, I didn't like them as a kid because they weren't sweet. But once I put sugar, I'm like, wait, Dad, I eat cornflakes too. They're called Frosted Flakes. He's like, well, you would like the ones with covered with sugar on them. Yeah. Now, Kellogg's Cereal Company is the largest cereal distributor in the United States with its origins dating back to the 19th century. Cornflakes, there's a lot about this that I didn't know. They were Kellogg's company's first production that made them the king of cereal and a huge player in the American breakfast market. Will and John Kellogg created the product together in order to create a digestible yet affordable breakfast meal for middle Americans. During this, and I think I was middle or maybe lower middle American growing up with my family and my mom. During this period, many Americans had digest, digestible issues due to the limited number of dietary option for those middle-class Americans. Together, the Kellogg's brothers promoted their new product as a, quote, nutritious and healthful, unquote, breakfast option, but a disagreement over whether a small detail led to them splitting apart and the creation of the Kellogg Cereal Company. John Kellogg, his brother Will, invented cornflakes for patients at the Battle Creek Sanitarium in mm -hmm. 1894. You know this. The patients enjoyed the cereal, and two years later, a patent for the recipe was granted in 1896. The two brothers eventually went to sep their separate ways after disagreeing on whether to add sugar to the cereal, yeah, which would happen a few years later and call them Frosted Flakes. By the 20th century, 
Kellogg's cereal company was marketed for a its daily health benefits as an easy, digestible meal. That's what they called it. They also emphasized the sweet flavor of the flakes and their dainty crispiness, they called it. By the way, there is sugar in cornflakes. Oh, no, there is. There's sugar There's just in, not in as that. much as there's in frosted just, flakes. There's a lot of carbs in them, too, which makes just kind of turns into sugar into your body. There's sugar in alcohol, but you don't taste it, but it's the alcohol. <laughs> it turns into sugar when you That's drink. That's the only sugar I take. During the t- you pour you pour vodka over your cornflakes? Is that the way it is? Oh, you put beer over your cornflakes? No, you don't. No, I you didn't don't. even try Forget it. that I'll I said that. vanilla-flavored vodka. Oh. Forget that I said that. Oh, gee. I'm sorry. I'm it, sorry, Susan. I'm sorry. I apologize for this. It's the only way to have breakfast. During this time, indigestion was a big concern for Americans with sensitive stomachs, especially because morning dining options were limited. Moreover... The cereal was also invented to align with the dietary restrictions of the Seventh-day Adventist church attended by the Kellogg family. So that played into it as well. Interesting. Cornflakes were created as a healthy and easy digestible cereal that would appeal to a broad demographic of Americans. However, cornflakes, like any other cereal, are low in fiber, even when eaten with low-fat milk. So they're not the healthiest option for a balanced breakfast. Well, we knew that already. If you eat cornflakes for the healthiest option... It would be to combine them with a piece of fruit or a snack. Hence why they show a lot of cereals on the boxes with strawberries in them or blueberries cut up fruit. I never did that. I never cut up fruit and put it on my cereal as a kid or even as an adult. I don't know why. Bananas and stuff. Mm. I just, it's just something that I never did. Uh, now, what is cornflakes? Kellogg's is suitable for vegans due to the ingredients that make up the golden flakes, which are, as we said, sugar, salt, barley, malt extract and vitamin e about 90 percent of the content is made of corn hence corn flakes the rest is made up of flakes so <laughs> much flakes in there a major point of disagreement between the kellogg brothers was over the inclusion of sugar in the product because john didn't want any traces of sugar in the corn flakes and his brother will believed it would attract more customers well it, it did later when it became when they made frosted flakes i think it became the number one cereal for a long time because adults mm-hmm. and kids were eating frost, frosted flakes Flakes together, you know, which is great. And you notice how the boxes have changed over the years. When I was a kid, I remember the original. At least they didn't look like well, they did originally. But the boxes of cornflakes had the little head of the of the rooster mm-hmm. on there. I know that I don't think they have that now. Maybe they went back retro because sometimes they'll retro make them look like they did in the old days. But yeah, they. Um, and Tony the Tiger has been the nice mascot for Frosted Flakes for years because we know that Frosted Flakes are what they're great. Great. That's right. And I the am guy, a monkey. I, I am I a trained. <laughs> well, I would have. I point. would have done it if you'd done it to me. I would have done the same thing. Of course, I can't do it like the voice. The, well, that's the guy. That. That's the guy who uh, who, who narrated the uh, who uh, sang. sang the Grinch song. He didn't narrate. He sang. he had a heck of a low baritone voice, and you knew what it when you heard Paul? it. He had a very strange name. It was like it's a Paul? foreign name. I thought it was Paul it something. Paul Grinch stole uh, because. Christmas. He had a very odd name that sounded like he was from somewhere else. It's just not a name that I would. It's not a last name that you hear a lot. I got to look up that one because it's giving me the Jim Carrey one. And I'm like, I yeah, don't we want don't want that one. No, I don't want that one. We, we want the one from singer. the year I was born, 1966. Well, you just put the, the voice special. of Tony, the original voice of Tony the Tiger. Uh, Thurl Ravenscroft is that Ravenscroft. guy's name. That's yes. a very Sounds like, name. sounds like he's part of a Harry Potter house. Or from Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> from the house Ravenscroft. That's right. Lord Targaryen. <laughs> Coming up here now. So Frosted Flakes. We know how they we know how they took the words out of cereals. You know, they're not sugar corn pops anymore. They're not sugar smacks. Because you know as well as I do, 
The only people who don't know this are marketing people. If you remove the word from the title of something, it magically disappears from the from the product, right? Of course. It just sounds healthier. I mean, country Kentucky hey. Fried Chicken turns into KFC. Well, if you take the word, don't say the word fried and just say F, well, <laughs> it's not there, I guess. I don't Think about this. Get if that. You have two products in front of you. You've got Honey Smacks and Sugar Smacks. Which one are you giving to your kid? Well, the honey smacks. Because honey's natural. Bees make that. That's good for you. And I'm not going to do anything like look at the ingredients to know that they're both identical on each one. Heaven forbid you give them super sugar crisp. Yeah. And what the post version of honey smacks. Why is honey and honey smacks anyway? Because that means it's got honey and sugar in it both. Well, honey is a natural sweetener. Together. Give them more energy. It's all the play on your. I, I loved this. When I was a kid, you're talking about how. They always show pictures with fruit and stuff. Right. If you remember the original advertising, to get away with saying, uh, cornflakes, part of this nutritional right. breakfast. Fortified, and they show with, like, fortified with vitamins and minerals. Right. As part of, and they always say it's part of, and then they show you like orange juice and a grapefruit and a piece of toast and a piece of bacon and an egg. I'm and like, cereal. well, of course, with all the m- other stuff is what you needed. With, with milk pouring over <laughs> And so you think to yourself, wait, hey, eating <laughs> yes. a bowl of cereal is the same as eating all this other stuff. No. That, now, the same logic, I don't know if the big cities, hey. I don't know if any other big These cities did friends. that. You know, when you did that. So if you, the whole renaming, if you, big cities would go, okay, we've had a lot of crime in this part of the city and it's because you know this road has been named this for a long time let's change the name of this road because there's a lot of crime happening on this road if we change the name of this road in in this downtown city area the crime will go away it'll magically happen so that and that's that's happened too and i don't i don't get that logic don't either. call it the east side anymore the lower east side just, always full of just crime. call it the we'll call like it the, the lower left side we'll call it we'll call it the bottom <laughs> edge of no no bottom sounds bad it's uh it's the neutral zone quadrant <laughs> We'll call, no, I can't call it that. Yeah, we we're just going to change the name of something, and that will magically. I understand it's got to, something's we'll got a bad that reputation. Area Candyland, and that'll fix all <laughs> that the problems. Will fix it, yes. We'll call it Willy Wonka's Avenue. <laughs> if we don't say this has got sugar in it, then it doesn't have sugar in it, right? Welcome to Pure Imagination no, Lane. No, we're just depending on people who don't bother to read any type of label. The the same will also uh, pertains to dog food. If we, we talk about dog food. You know, if, if something I've, I've noticed that there's some kind of governmental thing, and I learned this by reading up on it for like over six months, just really delving into dog food and looking, reading about it, and like, oh, so if, if a big bag of dog food says gravy with beef and vegetables, I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of cool because that's all you see when you see the front of the bag of dog food, and you look on the back, and did you know that dog food companies? What is it? It's it's like it's like they're only required to have one or two percent of that that they put on the front in the dog food. So if you've got a dog food that's mostly corn, filler, wheat, garbage, and crap, it's got 1% beef in it. So mm-hmm. I can put beef, I can put a big picture of a steak on the cover and be totally fine and, and be legal. And I'm like, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Read the ingredients. Everything's got ingredients on it. Everything does. All you got to do is read them. Can you read? Well, first got to be able to <laughs> Well, here's the other trick. If you can't pronounce half of them, well, maybe that's a problem, that's too. That's a red flag, too. I know yeah. there's some things going to be in there. Not, not all things are bad. If you see something you can't pronounce, how about just do like I did? Highlight it. Put it in Google, and it'll tell you exactly what it is. I'm like, True. oh, so this is uh, this is Ziba Zaba Guba Mate. I'm like, what is that? Ziba Zaba Guba Mate. Oh, it's a it's a derivative from rice that does this, that, and the other thing, and it's not bad. It's just mm. they call it that. I'm right. like, why not just call it a derivative of rice? Because that's that's too easy. <laughs> or a lot of times they'll do something like uh, uh, phthalic <laughs> acid, and like, what right. is that? And you find, that well, that's bad. just another name for like vitamin B or something. Oh, then that's okay. Right. 
Why not just call it that? Well, then? because it's that's okay. not technically what it is. <laughs> like Stupid the, government rules. I mean, so some dogs have a glucosamine and chondroitin in them for the joints of your dogs, and that's added to. That's a great thing. Look it up, see what it means. So, in other words, I think the the the, the moral of this section of BK on the air is labels and ingredients mean something. <laughs> hey, how about the Read whole section? Them. Words mean things. Words mean things. <laughs> some are gobbledy gook weird, but they do mean something, right? <laughs> I like Sherman. <laughs> Don't they mean something? It's a good voice. I think that's fine. We can take care of all of that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> now we got a lot of coming. I don't have any time to do it right now because we're coming up on the top of the hour. Coming up later on the show, what do we got here? We've got uh, I've got ten classic TV and movie versions of Monopoly that you may not have heard of, which is kind of cool. I'll thank Me TV for that again. And uh, what else do we have? I wanted to do this last week, but I didn't get to it. I'll tell you why you have movie times, set movie times in the theater, thanks to Alfred Hitchcock. I'll do that. And defunct record store chains that you will never shop at again that we all miss terribly. We'll Turtles? talk about that, too. I think Turtles is on the list, yeah. If you think about them, you'll probably remember all of these. All of that, I'm going to give Alan a quiz later. Star Trek qui- Star Trek catchphrases, were they said on Star Trek or not? Star Trek Day was just a couple of days ago. Star Trek's anniversary premiered on uh, in 1966 on NBC television, and they always <clears throat> the premiere date I think is September the 8th. Uh, they celebrate it every year as Star Trek Day. So we didn't do it the show on exactly that day, but it, it's a holdover from that. It's, it's just a few years later, a few days later. I'll have on this day in history when we come back after the top of the hour. Uh, a lot of cool ones on this one. You'll notice a lot of these, and even Alan will remember some of them. You know, he was a little, he was a little younger than me <laughs> back in the 80s. Even Alan well, you were younger in the 80s. It could be excused for that. You were a little younger. Uh, it's BK on there. We'll do that and talk about a lot more at the quiz, too, when we come back. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The way some business people spend their time has very little to do with a clock. At Apple, we understand that business as usual isn't anymore. That's why we make the most advanced personal computers in the world. And why soon there'll be just two kinds of people. Hi. Those who use computers. Yeah, I'll be home for breakfast. And those who use apples. Looking for a Saturday morning place to be. Step inside the magical world of ABC. Button your shoe, we're waiting for you to have some fun. Ready or not, you found the spot, and here we come. Meet, meet the road runner is hurrying by. Meet, meet, keep out of his way. And in Lidsville, kids will find that every hand has got a face and something to say. Stand by to receive our transmission. When you're when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. Hey, I gotta. I went back to the uh, the break room this morning because sometimes I like to fix a cup of coffee here at WBHF. What's Mm-hmm. Where's our, where did our silverware go? 
Were you were you making coffee this morning? Did you stir your cup of coffee when you made one? This First morning? of all, I mean for, we don't have BK. Oh, I for, I'm sorry. Let me let me apologize. BK. I forget who I'm talking to here. The guy who puts nothing in his coffee but coffee. Right. That's all that it comes with. Why well, in the world would I stir a well, freshly made cup of coffee? Sometimes I put stuff in my coffee, like a little bit of cream, a little bit of, of, of stuff that I like in there that I like in it. But I, even if it's a butter knife that's on top of the microwave with the dishes that have been washed in our break room, I didn't see anything. There's not a bit of – there's no plasticware. That's what I did. <laughs> I had to use my fa- I used my tongue, but it burned. It was hot. I had you to wait. You know what you should no. do? So put your sugar and cream in the cup first, then brew the coffee. Oh, that, you'd think if I'd smart enough that I'd do that, but I just didn't Try think it next about time. that. You, it's I'm amazing so glad how it I got mixes you, itself. So glad I got you around to tell me stuff. Between you and Mrs. BK, how do I ever exist and do stuff? Oh no, you could exist, but I you'll don't exist know how better I'd now. Do, I'd be a crawling piece of troglodyte walking around on the ground. I'm like, a big fan of work smarter, not harder. <laughs> Some people are quite. Have you heard the other buzz phrase that's out there now? Some people are so disgusted with their job that they're doing something now called quietly quitting. Have you heard of that? Is that what that's kind of a thing now? It's called QQ double Q. They do just the bare minimum. Now, some people just do this anyway. Some people are so overwhelmed (laughs) with their job they don't get help. They don't get. They don't get stuff to do. They don't get help and things to do. So they just. They just. Let me just tough this out until I retire, and I'll just quietly quit for the next couple, two, See, three See, it's years. the reverse Milton from Office Space, where they're like, <laughs> maybe if we just stop paying him and stop talking to him, he'll quit, and he'll go away. And he doesn't go away. It's the reverse. Right. It's like, I'm going to be like, I'll do the very minimum, and, <laughs> right. and eventually I'll go away. Didn't, wasn't there somebody in Office Space, too, where they were paying, and he was just he just weren't working there, and he was just getting a check? No. <laughs> they just weren't paying you, but they, it was he was working. It was Milton. Milton oh, was the guy was, who wasn't getting paid. Right. I thought there was, a, was another movie where there was a guy that was getting a check from a company, but they never noticed he was never there, so they never knew. So it was just the opposite of that. So that'd be the better thing to try to get away with. Let's do a little on this day in history. Today is September the 10th, and a lot of things happened during the week, too. But today is on this day in history, September 10th in 1953. This will tie in with National Day today as well. Today in 1953, Swanson sells its first TV dinner TV on this dinner. day in history in 1953. Mm. I thought they came in a little later than that, but I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. We had to get more TVs out there first. People had to be able to afford them. <laughs> it's a TV dinner. Well, I don't have one. I can't eat it. Well, you can still get it. How are we supposed to take our it can, meal? It could be your book in meal. Front of the television. It could be your book dinner. <laughs> Read a book while you're while you're eating the dinner. That's yeah. that'll be okay. And today in 1955, Gunsmoke, starring James Arness as Matt Dillon. That's right, my favorite western of all time. Just for some reason, I don't know what it is about Gunsmoke, but when they go, "What's your favorite five westerns?" Gunsmoke for me was always number one because I always liked it the best. I don't know why. It, it was almost like Star Trek, but it was a western because you had you had um, Matt Dillon, which mm-hmm. was James Arness. You had uh, Doc, who was the doctor in the town. Then is that you had, why they call him Doc? Then you had I'm Festus. Just sure. <laughs> yeah, you had Festus who, for the rest of us. Yeah, Festus was there. You, you, you're, you're jumping way ahead there. Sorry, it's a completely different word. Those three. Uh, characters were, were about as cool on Gunsmoke playing off each other as Kirk and Spock and McCor were in Star Trek. And it was great. And I just thought Gunsmoke was a great Isn't that why Western. they sold Star Trek as Wagon Train in Space? Wagon, it's called Wagon Train, which is another TV Western, which I really liked as well, with Ward Bond. I wasn't a big Western lover. My dad was. But later on, when, when uh, Nick at Night would rerun old shows back in the 80s, and, Nick and Nickelodeon would stay on 
past midnight, but usually adults watched it and they ran old TV shows. I started realizing, you know, westerns. Why do people not like them just because they're set in the old Western days? If it's well-written, who cares what era mm-hmm. something is written in? And guns, I loved Gunsmoke. I loved The Rifleman with Chuck Connors. I loved The, war, I loved the uh, Wagon Train. And Bonanza was, was an interesting Western to watch. The Big Valley that uh, Lee Majors was on, that was, a good, that was a good show. So I liked a lot of Westerns. Did you know, just a trivia thing, a lot of people know this, they asked John Wayne to play Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke. Really? And he's like, I don't do television. <laughs> so, but let me suggest that a good friend of mine named Jim Arness. Check this guy out. He's about seven feet tall. He's, he's definitely a big. big. Guy. He's uh, Peter Graves' half-brother. Wasn't he? he Did was you know the that? Guy that I, I didn't Peter know. Peter Graves, Wait. they have the same voice. But isn't he the guy that played the original, like, in the, the thing. thing? in the He thing, did, yes. The thing he that came did. from another yep. planet or whatever? The thing from another planet, yeah. James Arness. He, he's uh, him and uh, Peter Graves. You close your eyes and listen to him talk, they have the same voice, that same inflection. Today in 1975, on this day in history, the rock band did you ever Kiss. ever see a grown man naked? <laughs> Peter Graves. Do you like it when scrap rubs up and down on your leg? Captain Over. Over, under, under, over. And done. he was underdone. 1975, rock band Kiss released their first live album, Alive, Kiss Alive. And I had friends of mine in, uh, in, uh, in school that loved that live Kiss album. And I had a lot of kids in school that were Kiss fans. I never liked Kiss in school. I, I appreciated Kiss later, but they just, I don't know, I was more of a pop rock fan when I was in school. And that kind of, most of that carried over into, into my adulthood. I, was much, I would much rather... If I'm listening to uh, to music, I'm I'm much more listening to uh, to Steely Dan or or Steve Miller Band or something like that as opposed to Kiss or Def Leppard or or, or the, the other side. And there's nothing wrong with it. I just more of a more of a pop rock type guy. You know the hard stuff. You know Guar and uh, <laughs> Guar Megadeth. Just you're making a big leap now. Guar and Megadeth and all that stuff. That's way too far on the other now side for going, me to listen to. Hey, Metallica is so popular now. I, I I came upstairs thanks to Stranger Things four. Season four. That helped, didn't it? I Help came them. upstairs. My wife next to run one of the channels, like 80s rock. And normally it's like your Def Leppard, your Poison, right. your ACDC, the maybe one as I, hard as it gets. The one I never listened to. <laughs> I come upstairs and it's like Master of Puppets. I'm like, babe, you're playing Met- you're playing Metallica. She goes, it's just on the channel. It's come you, back you, you into got, you rotation. You got excited there for a second, didn't you? Well, no, it's just, she's it's just the, back into rotation. Does she not listen to Metallica, No, though, she's either? okay with it. She's yeah. not as big of a fan as I am. Did you immediately start playing air guitar when you walked in the room? Dude, I immediately started headbanging. <laughs> what are you talking about? Throwing my back out. Headbanging? Like, really? Dun, 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 dun. Well, there's, there's one music thing from 1975. The other one from 1982, number one on the Billboard chart 40 years ago. Another group that I really like, Chicago. Hard for me to say I'm sorry was number one on the chart. Oh. 1982, 40 years ago. Now, I didn't make fun of Metallica. Don't you make fun of my Chicago. What are you doing? It's hard for me You're to making say fun of I'm Peter Cetera. Stop that. Oh, 40 years ago, <laughs> 1982, number one at the box office on this day, Officer and a Gentleman with Richard Gere. Mm. Now, interesting note, E.T. hit number one and fell off the number one chart and went back to number one during 1982 six different times. E.T. was number one. It fell down to number two. Then went back to number one six different times all year. That's it crazy. It fell out and went back up there. Because for a while, it was the biggest grossing movie of all time. We'll have the rest of On This Day in History, birthdays, and what national day it is, too, when we come back. One ties in, like I said, with Swanson TV dinners. Think you know today's food prices? Try and guess the cost of this dinner. Three pieces of batter-dipped chicken, fried crisp and golden, fluffy whipped potatoes, tender sweet vegetables, and apple cake cobbler for dessert. What's your guess? About $2?
250? Wrong. It's about 85 cents, and it's a Swanson fried chicken dinner. That's some value. Swanson can change your ideas about today's high food prices. Mommy, I want a drink. Mommy, have a glass of juice, please. Give me some milk. I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty. Give me a glass of anything. Wouldn't it be nice if your children could get their own drinks without interrupting you? With a Dixie kitchen dispenser, they can. And your kitchen won't be cluttered with between-meal glasses to wash. Get Dixie, the kitchen cup that lets kids help themselves. And that can be a big help to you. Mommy, I got my own juice. Now, can I have a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah, that's right. This is Jeopardy. The opening of Jeopardy right there. I play that because we'll continue on this day in history. It is BK on the air. We're back. 1984, the first episode of the daily syndicated version of Jeopardy with Alex Trebek opened on this day in history, September the 10th, 1984, the same year I graduated high school. Oh, my goodness. Today on this day in history, 1992, here's a here's a little trivia about peanuts and Charlie Brown that you may not know. On this day in history, 1992, Lucy in Peanuts Comics raises her psychiatric help from five cents to 47 cents on this day in history in the Peanuts comic strip in Peanuts. What year was that? 1992. May I help you? I am in sad shape. Wait a minute. Before you begin, I must ask that you pay in advance. Boy, what a sound. How I love to hear that old money plink. That beautiful sound of cold, hard cash. That beautiful, beautiful sound. Nickels, nickels, nickels. That beautiful sound of plinking nickels. Man, she kept it at five cents for quite a long time. I don't think she was making any money off of it at all. Five cents for that long. Then she hocked it up to 47 cents. Now that it, was a big jump in price. Yeah, it's like the stamp. What the heck? Yeah. It's and almost like, like you no longer can say, give me a nickel's worth of free advice. Cause no, because that doesn't Lucy. sound right. Yeah, it doesn't even Now you work. can't even say that anymore. Yeah. Because she wants 47 cents worth of free <laughs> advice. We could do a whole show off of sayings that kids just don't get today that we could say. <laughs> Let I me mean, give you a nickel's worth of yeah, free it's advice. Like, what does that mean? Well, I don't even know. Here's, here's a dime. Call someone who cares. Or here's a quarter who calls Nobody someone who cares. They're like, what are you means. talking about? How about if, if I had a quarter, I could get a cup of coffee? Right. A quarter. <laughs> a quarter. Now, I was like, if you got an extra five lying around talking about nostalgia and history, we were talking about phrases that if we, you and I, went back in time to like say 1985, let's just go back to 1985. We'll pick that year, and, we, and there are certain things that we say regularly today that we could say back then that no one would get. Google, hey, Google yeah, it. Google it. Hey, text me. Will you text me that address? Yeah. Yeah. No. Put it in your GPS. I'll put that on my as my Facebook status. Like what? <laughs> It's a small amount of time in the large picture of time, but to us, it's like, wow, it seemed like a, a lifetime ago. And it is. If you were born in 85, that was a lifetime ago. Because <laughs> if you are born in 85, that's when your life started. <laughs> that's crazy. So, uh, and 1993 on this day in history, September 10th, a show debuted. A little show called The X-Files, created by Chris Carter, debuted on the Fox Network, a show that I tried my absolute darndest to watch and get into, and I could not really? watch The X-Files. Never got. You'd think it was tailor-made for me to like, but there was something about The X-Files that I could just. I never liked and I never got into. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't watch it religiously, but I always felt like it was a modern-day Twilight Zone. Well, that's what people were telling me, and they said that's why you'd like it. And and when I tried to watch it, my biggest criticisms, I know, I haven't seen Duchovny and a lot of other things, but I've seen Gillian Anderson 
and a lot of other stuff. She's a great actress. She was in a great stage version of uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, which was really good. But when I would watch the show, you know, something could, amazing could be happening in front of them. You know, some alien is, is oozing out or, or appearing or somebody's, you know, ripping their head off or doing something weird. And, and Duchovny would be just like, wow, look at that. We better do something about that. He just laid back no matter what. That was just, it's not my main criticism of the show, but I just couldn't get into it. I don't know what it was. And I know I was in the minority, but I never liked it. That, you know how sometimes Twitter will go, post a controversial thing about yourself. Yeah. That's what I would, that would be one of them that I'd put on there. I never liked the X-Files. And yeah. what that does is that just opens the door to people just to start just yelling at you about stuff. Well, why are you oh. nuts? Why do you not like the X-Files? You're an idiot. And I'm like, I'm not yeah, an I idiot. Yeah, I got hit with that one with five words guaranteed to start a fight. I went, <laughs> gone with they? the wind, so. Why did they put the egg? There's another one. Why did they Boy, put did those I get out there? Some fun on that one. You got some. You got some hits across the bow on that one. Didn't I even you? got you the Dems up. fighting words. Ooh, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's I, true. I hate tomatoes. What are you crazy? Well, I like them cooked. I just don't like them raw. Sorry, I can't eat a raw tomato. So many controversial things that you could put out there. And on this day in history, in 2020, we lost one of the best Bond ladies ever. Diana Rigg passed away on this day in 2020. She was one of the more, not not the best Bond, uh, George Lazenby, but she her, she was a smart, witty, r- really cool Bond lady in uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And she managed Service. to be a very cool character in Game of Thrones. Right. One of the last things, one of the last things that she did, and uh, she was great at that. I loved her character yeah. in that. She's very calculating and almost could sort of see into the future and know exactly what's going on because you knew that she knew what's happening. A cool written character. (laughs) Having lived a long time, having a sense of how the world works. And she knew. Birthdays today. Today is director Robert Wise's birthday. uh, American Academy Award winning film director. Oh, geez. The Day the Earth Stood Still. West Side Story. The Sound of Music. The Hindenburg. Star Trek The Motion Picture. The guy had a legendary directorial career did you ever see the the horror the the kind of a supernatural horror film he did in the 60s called the haunting they remade it with liam neeson uh later yeah 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 yeah. they remade it with at least i think uh catherine zeta jones in the remake i think but the original from the early 60s very chilling and very atmospheric and very ghost uh that haunted house feel and he was a great robert wise great director say what you want about him he's a great director uh, he died in 2005. Today is Jose Feliciano's birthday. Is today Puerto Rican singer songwriter. Uh, Lot my he remade Lot my fire. Navidad. Feliz Navidad and the theme song to Chico and the Man. Oh my gosh! <laughs> today is actress uh, American actress Amy Irving's birthday. Today she was in uh, Yentl with uh, Barbara Streisand, Carrie, Brian De Palma's Carrie. She was one of the teenage girls in Carrie, and uh, she was also in something called Crossing. Delancey and I don't Delancey and I don't know what that is. I never saw that. But she's hmm. a was she involved with uh, who's she married to? She's she was married to a popular actor, wasn't she? Let me look that up. It her it name rings a bell, bell but I can't reason, remember who I she was. I thought she was in Field of Dreams. Or was, was that Amy that? Adams? That's Amy Adams. Amy I think. Adams. But Amy that's Irving. Something. She either was married to or. Uh, uh, okay, so she's she married Kenneth Branagh. Uh, no, Kenneth Browser. Bowser. Kenneth Bowser. That's a bit Spielberg. different. Spielberg. Spielberg. She's married to Steven right. Spielberg from 85 to 89. That's what yes. I was trying to think of. I knew it was somebody very popular, but I couldn't think of who For it was. For a short period of time. She was in a show that Stacy watched. Uh, a J.J. Abrams show. She was an alias for a little while, played a character in Alias. So there you go, Amy Irving. Today is also a very distinguished English actor's birthday today, Colin Firth's birthday. Oh, that's Bridget my wife's Jones, get out of jail Bridget card. Jones' diary, The King's Speech, and he played in The Kingsman. Manners? 
maketh man. Do you know what that means? Then let me teach you a lesson. He could say, He's he great. could walk into my wife's room in front of me and say, Manners maketh the man, but we maketh in the room. And she's like, Yes. And she'd kick you out the door. She'd be like, Or you just go, I'm leaving. No, she's like, You can watch if you want. Oh, but my goodness. That's yeah, terrible. That's, oh, uh, goodness gracious. We, we're going to maketh the man. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> Is Charlie's there on yours? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's the only one. You just have one. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. And my wife is not worried about me ever so, cashing that card in. And vice versa, too, right? <laughs> no, she'd probably have a better chance uh, with that, yeah. Really? Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that'll ever happen for either one of you. Yeah, yeah we're, we're both fine. We're both, does, we're all fine if, here now. If it does, here. let me know. I'll have you on the show and ask you how it was. <laughs> I won't tell. I'll do the podcast. It'll be a podcast. Yeah, that, I can't we'll do kiss that. until. That would be bad. It's always National Something Day, and today is no different. September 10th. Today is, hey, what did I say happened in 1953? Swanson sells its first TV dinner. Today is National TV Dinner Day. Today. Makes sense. In 1962, Swanson stopped using the name TV dinner. However, in the United States, the term remains synonymous with any pre-packaged dinner, we still say it, purchased frozen from a store and heated at home. The what else first, do they call them? I don't know. The first Swanson TV <laughs> dinner consisted of a Thanksgiving meal of turkey, cornbread dressing, peas, and sweet potatoes. Now, originally, Swanson's made the tray of aluminum. They separated each food item into individual compartments, too, mm-hmm. back in the day. Now, when Swanson first sold TV dinners, they priced them at 98 cents, or how much that they that they were. In the first year, production estimates reached 5,000 dinners. To their surprise, Swanson uh, far exceeded that amount. In the first year, they sold more than 10 million of them. Wow. And that was a highly successful and, business, and, and they've been ripped off by every other company. You've got different brands, and you've got store brands that make them, and you got everybody else that makes them. But I do remember as a kid, let's just face it: as adults, TV dinners aren't that great. They aren't the best thing in the world to eat. But for some reason, as a kid, when I knew we were going to have a TV dinner and set the trays up in the living room mm-hmm. to watch television or, or put it on the coffee table or whatever like we had, treat. I thought that was great because you had the I had, I had the steak or the Salisbury steak and the chicken or the <laughs> whatever whatever that meat was there covered in goop. I don't know what it was. It was a brown meat. And the green gravy. peas. I even <laughs> eat the green peas. Then you had the... the 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 dehydrated which were which were, tasted like instant mashed potatoes with whatever gravy uh, sewage water gravy that was on top of it or whatever it was you know back <laughs> in the time I didn't care then you had the little brownie just stuck right in there in the little dessert part that you just scooped up it's like aren't you supposed to pick brownies up and eat them no you eat this brownie with a spoon you just rake it out and just eat it I loved that that was a treat for me. It's I was like, like that as a kid. It's like going to Sears. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, we're going to Sears? That's awesome. <laughs> now you can't say it. You're like, where is Sears? <laughs> is there a Sears for us to go to? I don't know where one is. That's terrible. But in some ways, look at you know, we liked the simple things. Those were simple. And now I look at my life and go, I just want to stay at home and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's simple. simple. Just, and you want to take a nap every Sunday what can afternoon. I, what can I get you? No, just Nothing. Nothing. Just I'm fine. Let, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I used to make fun of my parents and my grandparents. I'm like, you're going to take a nap? You're going to go to sleep in the afternoon? Why? When there's things to do that are fun. Now I understand yes. the, the importance and the glory of a nap. When you're like, oh, you know, I just like to take a nap for a couple of hours. couple <laughs> That'd of hours? That'd be so nice. That's yeah. not a nap. That's going to sleep. <laughs> no, for me, that's a nap. <laughs> 
That's a nap for me, baby. Well, an hour or two hours. All right, all right, ninety minutes. You know, whatever, whatever it happens to be. If I sleep, if I fall asleep for more than thirty, then I wake up groggy. I have to like set an alarm. If I'm going to take a cat nap, yeah. I said it for 30 minutes, and that's Mrs. just I'll sh- enough. I'll share something about Mrs. BK. She has, I swear, she's, she has uh, rechargeable batteries in, inside her body somewhere. I don't know where it is. Cause she, you haven't figured out where they are yet? Yeah, because she, no, I haven't. She she can take a nap. She can take a nap. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> she can take a nap and be totally recharged and ready to go. I mean, if she sits down and, and takes a nap, like on maybe a Saturday afternoon, if she takes a nap at 4 o'clock mm-hmm. and takes an hour nap, she that'll re, that'll recharge her so much till she'll be up till three o'clock the next in the morning. Oh, yeah. That really zaps her back to, For me, to life. But again, it has to be thirty minutes or less. But if I if yeah. I'm one of those things where like if I've done like four or five days in a row where I've right. really skipped on some sleep, I'll go take a thirty minute and then I'm back. And I've good. moved in the next plateau of my life over the past well, it's been over the past five to eight years. About eight years ago I started realizing, oh, I'm waking up now, and I don't feel like I want to go back to bed when I wake up. Usually, I used to hate to wake up to go to work or go anywhere. I'm just, I just want to sleep. That's all I want to do. Not now. I'm up. Just like my dad. It all comes full circle. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't have any cows to milk. I don't know why. I don't live on a farm or anything. Kids never give up. Kids are kids. Kids are kids. It's true. Kids will do things only kids will do. Moms are moms. They know what's fun for kids. Maybe mom will make us some Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid unsweetened in my sugar gives them fruity flavors and vitamin C. Besides, soda's about three times the price. That hits us fun. Moms know Kool-Aid is the one for kids. Kool-Aid brand soft drink mix. Millions of Americans every day are shedding unwanted pounds by taking tested and proven ultra lipo stick. Carbohydrates are bad, bad. Our carbo-fighting antioxidant is good, good. Just listen to these satisfied customers. My name is Gail, and I lost like 20 pounds on ultra lipo stick. My name is Jared, and I lost 46 pounds using ultra lipo stick. My name is Zach, and I actually gained weight. This stuff sucks! Ultra lipo stick is safe and easy to inject just three doses four times a day discreetly underneath your fingernail listen to this i used ultra lipo stick and suffered from side effects like uncontrollable greasy discharge ultra lipo stick it turned the armpits of all of my shirts orange this stuff is crap try it today and see some real results ultra lipo stick not available in stores results may vary And now, back to the guy who secretly thinks J.J. Abrams did the best job with any Star Trek movie, but he'll never admit it. It's BK on the air. Yeah, and speaking of Star Trek, coming up later, after our next break, we're going to do a, a MeTV quiz for Alan to find out just how many Star Trek catchphrases were in the show or not. Was it true or false? I'm going to give him a Star Trek phrase from I, the show, and he's got to determine whether it was actually I don't want to know how not. well you did. That's pretty, uh, well, I can tell you. I don't want to know. I just okay. said that. Do you not listening? Well, no. <laughs> I don't want to know. When do I ever do what you say? I to do, do know what you got. I got them all right. I know. In fact, I got all of them extra right. <sighs> I mean, like, like Did within you click with, the bonus? within time within time frame. Like, oh, I. Jeez, I know that. You didn't even because, have to but, read. But you didn't even have to I finish the question. Wasted all my time watching. Well, I don't consider it wasting anymore. But I've spent a lot of time watching Star Trek in the afternoons. When Star <laughs> Trek, you know what? When I got off school and got home. 
my we were situated in an area of Alabama where I could watch television from Chattanooga. I got all the stations from Huntsville, Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, and Atlanta. All I had to do was turn the antenna, and I had over 12 to 13 stations in the 70s to watch. It was almost like having cable. But it was an antenna where I could watch all these stations. Your friends go, oh, No, I had to go rich. out and turn the antenna. I didn't have Who an cares? automatic turner. You I didn't was have it, turner. like, next to the window? No, but... Um, but, <laughs> you but just what, lean your hand out there? In some instances, depending on what stations there were, there were two to three different Star Trek episodes on at the same time in the afternoon on three different stations. Because Star Trek was in syndication big time But you didn't have 70s. a VCR. No, I couldn't record them. I could just decide, oh, which one I want to watch. I oh, watched I some of that one, last one week. and watched this one and then watched this one and watched parts of that one. So that's the way it was. But right now I want to do this story. I talked about this earlier. Do you like, let me ask you this, you like going to the theater seeing a movie. Do you like it that they all start at a certain time? There's I a like to structure. know when I should be there. Yeah. L- like know that you're there. Some people still don't adhere to that. I swear there's some people going to be late for everything. I-, I know people that walk in during a movie coming on already. It's okay. I don't mind if you come in during the previews. That's fine. I understand it. You're going to get popcorn or whatever. My butt is in that seat, you know, barring any kind of emergency. I'm usually in that theater at least 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes before the tr- the credit, the-, the trailers even start. Mm-hmm. I want to be there early, have my seat, get situated, get my popcorn and my drink ready to go. I hate it when people are walking in at, at five minutes after the film has started. Just have a little respect for everybody else. I know you're late, but come on. Right. A little bit. Those are probably... I know there's a rare case where they couldn't help it, but some people, I think, are late for stuff all the time, and that's just them. The, the one thing I want to be late for is my own funeral. I'm not showing up for mine. Right, I'm, I refuse. You want to be late, that's fine, but I'm not even going to go. I'm, tar- I'm, I'm tore it up. <laughs> I'm not even going to go. You can thank a legendary director for movies having set showtimes, and I got this from MeTV. Going to movies in the modern age has... It's got its pros and cons, as we just discussed. Plush, reclining seats practically kicked back into bed like a first-class flight. And hey, that's true. We can't go see movies now at all ever again without Mrs. BK getting the reclining seats. The ones that recline and they are heated. I'm like, where's the massage? Oh, I already told you. There's no massage on them. It has to go one step further. Those all come with the oh, next yours step. yours comes with beer, too. we got to right. come with food service. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm okay. Theater seats now, even if they don't recline, are still comfortable. Yeah. They're very plush, so that's fine. We know that all of that stuff is great. On the flip side, there are those people fiddling with their phones that distractingly glow like magnesium flares in a the theater. That's right. Phones oh. are bright, but they're brighter in a movie theater. That they're just brighter. Chaps my behind. Now, of course, there have been talk in movie theaters since, well, probably since uh, the brother... The, the, the Lumia brothers invented the movies. The people are always going to yak and think they're in their living rooms, and I hate that too. And in my older age now, I tell people to shut up. I mean, if they're really out of control, I'm like, you are not in your living room. Shut up. Ferme la bouche. Ferme. Oh my God, close little, your mouth. A little French there for you. Your mom understand what I just said. She did. That's the first French phrase. That, by the way, I, I got told that a lot growing up. Ferme la bouche. Ferme la bouche. We love the movies, Alan and I do, and go all the time. Don't get us wrong. This is how we develop these pet peeves. Another one is coming and going of the audience in the middle of the film. I understand if your bladder is busting. I understand that. It's okay, but just try to try to get it done early. It breaks the fantasy and sucks your attention away from the screen, but imagine if the crowd was constantly arriving and departing, if the doors to the lobby were swinging open and shut throughout the flick, if ushers were shining flashlights up and down the aisles as you uh, tried to concentrate. Now, I know that's foreign. Some kids go, ushers, flashlights, what is that? <laughs> no, we actually remember those, too. There was a time I'll where ushers find came you in. I'll find your seats. Uh... Yeah, and coming from live stage theater, mm-hmm. we, we, we had that, too, a little more with that than cinema. This is the way it was for the first half of the 20th century. Some of you might remember that because movies did not have showtimes 
until 1960. That sentence might seem so strange to younger generations, so let us repeat it. Movies do not have set showtimes. Remember, this is the era before cineplexes when most films were screening for a couple of days in a grand movie hall or a local single-screen theater. The theater simply projected the movies on a loop throughout the, throughout the day. That's how they did it. People would come and go as they please. You could enter when you want and stay as long as you please. In hindsight, it's a little hard to fathom. If uh, you, you and your date walk up to the box office, purchase a couple of tickets, and then settle into your seats and in the middle of the movie, and you watch the ending, sit through some newsreels, and then catch the beginning that you missed. See, I'd hate to watch it out of order like I that. Do I hate that. that. And I know people that do that now with, uh, with streaming stuff. So why all the change? Besides the obvious inconvenience, you can thank Alfred Hitchcock. His twist endings and perhaps the first spoiler alert in movie history. That's who you can thank for movie times being at a set time. In 1960, The Master of Suspense was releasing his latest shocking film, Psycho. Suffice to say, you would not want to walk into the theater and just before the final act to see Norman Bates... Well, spoiler alert, you know what happened. Those who have seen Psycho, <laughs> those who have seen Psycho and who hasn't, come on, if you haven't, you need to get with it. Know that seeing the ending before the beginning would ruin the entire story, which is why Hitch appeared in the newspaper advertisements, or advertisements as he would say, instructing audiences to show up to the theater on time at a set time at the beginning. Quote, surely you do not have your meat course after your dessert at dinner. The ad began, you will therefore understand why we are so insistent that you enjoy Psycho from start to finish exactly as we intended it to be served, unquote. Hitchcock tapped at his watch with a the chiding look on his face next to the text on the picture, like he was telling you, do this or else. The director went to even more extreme measures to secure the details of his devilish twist ending. He purchased as many copies as possible of Robert Bloch's novel, Psycho, that inspired the movie, and he held back the film from critics, even. He went out and bought as many of the books so no one could get it and read it. You know, who cares the ones that already had it? But he's like, critics are not going to watch this yet. But set times were his greatest achievement. Some marquees in front of the theaters commanded, quote, see this thriller from the beginning in all big bold caps of words, unquote. If if Hitchcock hadn't done it, perhaps George Lucas would have gotten around to doing it, or maybe Steven Spielberg. Can you imagine walking into The Empire Strikes Back just as Darth Vader declares, I am your father? I mean, that's a spoiler alert right there. Why would I would, that would ruin everything. Mm -hmm. Or Spock dying in The Wrath of Khan. Any, Any movie like that. I mean, name another big... Reveal at the end, you know, he the crying say, game. He didn't <laughs> remember say, that ending. Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that, that was fun. That kind of ruined me there. Uh, so he didn't me say anyway. Luke. I am your father. No, he didn't. That, that's right. That's one of those. But that was in the article. They printed that wrong. That's incorrect. He just said, "I am your just, father." Just he said, "No." And keep that in mind I when you do the Star father. Trek phrases yeah, coming up quiz. It's going to kill me because uh, they might trick you there too. So well, thank will. you. I know he's no longer here, but if he's listening, thank you, Alfred Hitchcock, for that. Uh, thank you. Because I think that was a great idea. Mr. Hitchcock, what is your definition of happiness? A clear horizon. Nothing to worry about on your plate. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock had a lot of good advice for people. I loved his delivery. He, you you oh, look yeah. at the guy, and you He's, listen to him, and you're like, 
and he puts out some of the most thrilling and psycho thrillers. And he's like droll grandpa from the countryside. Oh, he, he's he's a, he's a he's he guy that goes to see Shakespeare in England in the theater. Bring me a brandy and my cigar. And one of his favorite, right, gramps. One of his favorite films to watch, believe it or not, this has been reported so many times, and I can't I believe, believe it, it. Not is Smoking the Bandit. But now that I think about it, Alfred Hitchcock was a filmmaker. And Smoking the Bandit is a well-made comedy film, so why can't he like it? What's wrong with that? I tend to believe that he did like it. So I'm like, so there. You can go with it. <laughs> People that didn't think that was one of his favorite films, well, they're all wrong, weren't they? <laughs> Each their own. I can't do my eye. I can't look at the other way with this one eye. You so can't do that? Good, so. Try to drink a little more. No, I don't. <laughs> can help you with that hump. Uh, what hump? <laughs> It's BK on there. Hey, coming up, we're going to have the quiz with Alan, Star Trek things. We're going to have a few more things coming up. When Christopher walked into class, uh there was no place to sit his ass. He raised an objection. Yeah, Christopher shouted some interjections. Damn, this sucks. Screw this. Yo, this ain't fair. How come I don't get a chair? Interjections Damn. is a big word. Screw. But you can't stop because there's too many kids in the classroom. And there's not enough books to go around. It's a bitch when you gotta go. Yeah, that's what it says. So Dad started shouting some interjections. Gonads are useful for their purpose, but they are no substitute for brains. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450 FM 100.3 and online using the TuneIn Radio app. When does knowing what I talk about have anything to do with doing a radio show? Last I checked, I don't think it has. It's not a prerequisite, is it? Really? I talked about this earlier, and I, one thing I do know what I'm talking about is Star Trek. I mean, I watched a lot of Star Trek. We discussed it a little bit earlier, and Star Trek Day just passed on September the 8th, just a few days ago. So it's, I kind of treat it as Star Trek Week. It's like, <laughs> it's like National Dog Day. When you get no, old enough to me, say- there's no Star Trek Day. To me, right. just Star Trek is I celebrate Star Trek all the time when I get a chance. It's really cool. 
But MeTV has a quiz. I want to do this right now before we run out of time. Only It says only a Trek fan can nail this true or false Star Trek catchphrase quiz. Chances are you've heard a Star Trek catchphrase or a famous line from 19, for 56 years since the first episode hit the air way back. Uh, just like May the Force Be With You from Star Wars, Star Trek has plenty of instantly recognizable lines. What some don't know is that those unmistakable phrases that have taken a life of their own over the years were actually, weren't actually actually used in the show. Some were, some weren't. So at least, at least you know some of these are false. Mm. It's your duty, Alan, <laughs> to tell me which Star Trek catchphrase was really in the old show. This is the original series, by the way, from 66 to 69. Star Trek, the original series on NBC. First one, here we go. And I'm just going to give you the, the phrase, and you have to just guess true or false. This line was used in Star Trek, the original series. I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. That's the line. True or false? Was that line used in the original series? I got to go with true. Got to go true. That's incorrect. That actual line was never used in Star Trek. But it was used in the 2009 reboot. He said exactly that phrase in the 2009 film. So that kind of counts. No, it doesn't count at all. <laughs> Number two. When this line so was used in Star Trek, the original series. To boldly go where no man has gone before. That line was used in Star Trek. Correct. True or false? In the opening. You're right. It was. I remember I had a grammar teacher who said that that phrase is helping to change where adverbs go because it should be to go boldly. Right. Not to boldly go. And I would never change it back. I'd never change it the other way. It's too ingrained. No, literally, way. we can yeah. thank Gene Roddenberry. culture for changing something. To change that. The grammar is now <laughs> accepted. You can, you can split your adverb away from the verb. Okay, number three. This line was used in Star Trek, the original series, true or false? Beam me up, Scotty. False. False. Was said every other way but that. Yeah. There's one. There's one. Scotty, uh, beam me up. Squ- Squire of Gothos. At the end of Squire of Gothos, Kurt goes, Scotty, beam me up. Right. Just kind of but not, put the Scotty last. But not beam me up, Scotty. We can yeah, thank the, right. was it the bumper sticker, right? Bumper stickers, buttons, everything that said that. The, number four, was this used in Star Trek, the original series, or not? This line was used in Star Trek, the original series, true or false? Most illogical, true or false? Some of these are so, some of these make you think so hard. Because mm-hmm. it's a phrase, true. you're going to go true. You'd be correct. Spock did say it exactly that way. Number five, this line was used in Star Trek, the original series, true or false? It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Was that line used in the show, the original show, Star Trek? Did they say it? His hamsters in his head are running. I can tell the wheels well, are the, turning right now. It's the story where he puts a patch on the rock monster and they need the cement. <clears throat> he's turning right now. He's thinking about it. I don't know. I'm going to say true. Sure. You're going to say true. That is incorrect. That is false. That what, what, actual line was not said. What like was the that. line then? Don't remember. But it's that's alive, not but not alive. We know it versus it's life. They said that in the song. There's a weird Star Trek in song where they actually say that in the song. Because that comes back. That that's the episode where he repairs that thing that the was horta. boring holes. The Horta, Devil in the Dark. That's the episode that Shatner's dad died during filming. So there's one scene where he's Shatner's there in the scene, and there's an edit to Spock and then back to Shatner. That one edit meant he'd been gone for like three weeks to his dad's funeral and came back. It's very odd. Hmm. Number six, this line, was this line used in Star Trek, the original series? Hailing on all frequencies. Was that ever said in Star Trek, the original series? Sure sounds like Not it. the movies, not the new movies, not the next generation, just the original show. I'm going to say no. 
you're going to say false. That's incorrect. That is true. I did say that. That's a horror. I'm so bad okay. at this. No, you're not. You don't know what like, yes, other I am. people do. You don't. But it's not for not studying. It's not any fault of yours. Uh, you can't help that you're Star she Trek. Passed away. You can't help that you're Star Trek stupid. Number I am seven. Star Trek stupid. This, I'm just joking. That was a joke. Number seven. This line was this line used in Star Trek the original series. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor. Was that ever used no. in the old show? Are you saying false? False. False. You are correct. I think uh, Carl Urban said it later in that way, but DeForest Kelly never said that. Number eight. Was this line ever used in Star Trek, the original series? What am I, a doctor or a moon shuttle conductor? True or false? I'm going to go true. You're going to say true. You're right. McCoy <laughs> did say that. It sounded, you did it like McCoy. That helped. <laughs> Number nine. Was this line ever used in Star Trek, the original series? Scotty, beam us up fast. No. You are incorrect. Kirk it did was. say that, yes. Uh, and if you're playing along, listen to him and you can answer too. I'll give you a moment to answer and I'll tally it up here at the end. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this is the last one. Is there only 10? Yeah, this is the last one. Here we go. Let's go out on a correct one, shall we? Can you try? Five, Just try maybe. for me, will you? Number 10. Was this line used in Star Trek, the original series, in this way on the old show? Live long and prosper. Yes. Was that you? True. You went out on a correct one. Alan, way to go. Is that maybe five for five? You got six out of ten. Oh, I got six. That's better than I thought. Here's what it says. Yeah, oh, it just says it doesn't it doesn't give you any snide little thing at the end. Sometimes it's like, you need to brush up on your Star Trek or something like that. You're more say. of a shuttle. Car. But you know what? Six out of ten, that's more than half right. So you know what? <laughs> That's not bad. See how, did that, see how I did that math without pulling out my my calculator on my phone? More than half right. That's right. pretty good. Isn't that good? It's, Come on. Still a D. That's kind of cool. It's still. It's better than an F. It's true. And when I when I was mom, at least I didn't fail. When I was doing math in junior high school, if I got a D in math, I celebrated. Woo-hoo. I shouldn't have. I don't have. have to take that again. Everyone should have demanded more from me, but they did not because my <laughs> mom didn't understand math either, so she couldn't help me. She's like, you got a D? That's pretty good. <laughs> well, that's what you got, Mom, so that's fine. I guess I'm all right. It's further along in the uh, alphabet than a C. <laughs> it's not an F. It must be the further you go, the better, right? Right. <laughs> should, Any, should, anybody, next time, try for a Z. Anybody can get an A. It's first letter of the it's alphabet. so easy. Everybody knows A. <laughs> that's right. Oh, geez, we're going up the top of the air. Do I have time to do this? Let's try to do this. I remember going to the record store to get records. Yes. It was so fun. You, oh. We bought records, tapes, cassettes, eight traps, or whatever. Even if I wasn't going to buy. Oh, we're using MeTV a lot today. Uh, was it? What was it with fruit and record stores? In the 1980s, no matter where you were in the country, odds are you could find out, find the new Billy Joel uh, uh, cassette, Billy Idol cassette at music retailers named after produce. You know, coconuts, peaches, strawberries. Uh, let's take a stroll through the malls of the past. Which did you shop for music? Number one, Camelot. Remember Camelot music? Yes. If you were lucky enough as we were growing up, your local Camelot, Camelot has a medieval castle facade. I never saw one with that, but that would have been nice. It brought a nice King Arthur vibe to the mall in the late 70s. Camelot also tried to launch a chain of freestanding brick-and-mortar stores called Grapevine Records and Tapes. I don't remember seeing any of those in this area. So, uh, Number two, Coconuts. Do you remember Coconuts records? Yes. 
folks in the Chicago area especially will remember the spot for CDs and tapes. The chain eventually expanded to other states. I think there was coconuts here in the uh, yeah. Georgia area, I think, for a while. I remember coconuts. Number three, Peaches Records and Tapes. I don't remember was them Was there a all. better place to pick up the Almond Brothers Eat a Peach album? The store even had a similar vintage farm stand look to its logo. I think they had peaches here in Atlanta, too. The one-stop shop was known for decorating its exterior with massive blow-ups of the latest album covers. They also carried produce themed <laughs> over to the record bins. Wooden crates that you could purchase and store your sweet picks or your peaches in if you bought some at the farmer's market. Uh, number four, strawberries. I've never heard of strawberries records nope. and tapes. It says, don't be fooled by the cute name. This New England-based chain had ties to the mob. <laughs> strawberries was owned and operated by Morris Levy, uh, owner of Manhattan's famed Birdland Jazz Club and president of the Roulette Records label. That sounds ominous. In 1988, Levy was convicted of extortion in federal court, and the FBI claimed that he had ties to organized crime and drug dealers. Running out of time here. Uh, Number five, Sam Goody. I remember Sam Goody. Sam Goody. Sam Goody was one of the last on the list to survive as the mall chain made it into the new millennium before filing for bankruptcy in 2006. The slogan proclaimed, Goody got it. (laughs) And indeed, the company was able to lure big names to its New York City store. Even Laverne and Shirley showed up to sign copies of their record in 1976. Number six, Tape World. With its arcade-like logo. I don't remember Tape World. Did they merge and eventually call it Record and Tape World? I don't know. I remember Tape, Record and Tape, tape World. was one of the hot spots of music in the 80s. Just consider the name itself. It says Tape World didn't have any foresight to include CDs or hindsight to include records. Oh, wow. Well, so they were tape only. It's a so they died even, quick, even quicker. <laughs> so that's weird. Uh, number seven, Tower Records. Yes, remember Tower very well. They were, I think they were from England. Tower was one of the last giants. Its strengths was its stock, as the big real t- retailer was able to carry seemingly every title, including healthy selections of imports as well. Uh, I remember I could find anything at Tower. If I couldn't find the soundtrack anywhere, I knew Tower would have it, the obscure ones. Number eight, Turtles. Yes. Yeah, those from Atlanta area. Georgia undoubtedly picked up some wax from Turtles. The chain expanded around the southeast we remember showing up uh for one uh rolling stone voodoo lounge release party back in the day they had one at turtles yes number nine record bar i remember record bar too there used to be one not too far from us at town center mall back down in kennesaw record bar is a former u.s retail music entertainment store chain founded in durham north carolina the company eventually grew from a single location to 180 stores one of the largest music retail chains it was located primarily in the southeastern united states hence why we know about it from 1960 to the late 1980s now that's the list that they printed out is there any that i missed that you that you knew about there was one called Leechmere for a while that was kind of like a drug department store that had their right. own record tape section. Best Buy used to have a big record and tape section oh, over in the Buy, corner, but, that's but they cut down that too. Wasn't just. Yeah, but it wasn't a single record store. Records and tapes, snake tracks, and all that stuff was great. Mm-hmm. I loved all that. I would always wear tapes out though. The cassettes would always lose little, lose little piece of cotton that was under the tape. That's BK Nostalgia. BK on there. We'll see you next week. Announcing Dollar Days at Turtles. With Turtles Top 100 singles at four for five dollars, plus dollar saving deals on VASF 60 and 90 minute audio tape, and VHS and beta videotape at six dollars each.